Welcome back to the Blindside Rewind. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy Timmerman, joined as always by your by my buddy Justin Baxley. Justin, I'm their buddy too. I can be anybody's buddy. Everyone's buddy, Justin Baxley. There we go. Uh, good to be back, Jeremy. Uh, we had our little drafty draft um, last week. If you hadn't had a chance to to listen to that, definitely give that a listen. Uh, we are a little late on uh, on recording. I think Jeremy was watching a little Aquaman too. Yeah, I did watch Aquaman 2 last night. How was was that? Of all the movies in the world, Uh it it is one of them. Okay. I feel that. I I, I heard you pop a can. Oh, Ooh, that was a good one. A really good pop. What was was your pop? What was that? Uh, Just a Coke Zero. Um, I got like a 35 pack from Sam's. It's nothing, nothing too serious. Is it a 35 pack or a 36 pack? I, for some reason, I think it's 35. That's it's a, a, it's a very odd number. It is by definition an odd number. And it's like $19. It's like a really weird like number and amount. It's like I, I had to sit there and like do math the other day, which I'm terrible at. And like I had to figure out if like two for one at Publix was as good a deal as getting 35 for 19 at Sam's. And I think I figured out that, like, that's 12, 24, 36 for, like, $21 at, at Publix, and it's 19 at Sam's. I get one less can. It was very confusing. I still don't know if I made the right financial decision, but it's okay. It's probably close enough either way. It's close enough. And, you know, anyway. Uh, and I didn't want Pepsi, to be honest with you. I, 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 that was the only thing that was on sale, and I was like, I don't want Pepsi. Well, there goes our potential Pepsi sponsorship. No, well, Coke, Coke, Coke. I'm I'm a real loyalist. I chose to potentially pay more money because I'm bad at math and got Coke over Pepsi. Sponsor us. Um, Sponsor <laughs> us. So I am working with a. Um, Oatmeal raisin cookie imperial stout. Doesn't sound like that's up my alley, but it's by the brewery, which is in Placentia, California. That that, that sounds bad. That no. doesn't sound right. Let me see if I'm reading that right. No, nah, that's I don't know if I pronounced it right, but phonetically it's Placentia. That's that's rough. I would not want to be from there. Yeah. For our fans in Placentia. I mean, we all came from one, but this <laughs> hopefully it, doesn't taste like one. I don't know. It doesn't. It oatmeal raisin. See, so I'm a weirdo in that. You know, there's a lot of people that talk about how if you think you're getting a chocolate chip cookie, Jeremy, please tell me, and you pick up an oatmeal okay. raisin cookie instead, Jeremy, please tell me. I tell will. Me I will outright choose an oatmeal Let's raisin cookie. Go. I swear me and Jeremy have never talked about this before, but I will also choose oatmeal raisin over a chocolate chip cookie. No, this is not a knock on chocolate chip. I still like chocolate chip, but there are plenty of times where if I see a and especially if it looks like a good oatmeal raisin cookie. Right. I'll give I'll give that a go. One, because I feel like hey, it's got fruit in it. So I mean it's it's better for me. Right. Oats are also healthy, I think. Yeah. They sound but, healthy. But also, it's just they're good cookies. I think they're better. I'm just gonna outright say it. I think they're better than chocolate chip. I wouldn't I, argue it. I, I I do. I think they're better. You know what? The other thing I know this is this is the hot take. 
I think it pairs better with milk. Better than a chocolate chip cookie. I'd rather have oatmeal. I, I don't ever do them with milk. I'm usually oatmeal raisin is the one, and partially because it doesn't need milk. It's a, it's, it's it's a more refreshing cookie. That's the one I'll grab if like I'm at a I'm at I'm at a function and there's a, a tray of cookies. I might need something to drink with a chocolate chip cookie. That's fair. With an oatmeal raisin, it's just it's a refreshing little little treat on its own. Now we'll say if I if 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 you got me a platter out there. I'm probably going white chocolate macadamia nut or peanut butter. No, no. I'm going straight for the oatmeal raisin, second choice. But I will say oatmeal raisin over chocolate chip, and it's not close in my mind. See, I mean, we're we're close to the same page on that. And and it's so weird because so many people are like, oh, oatmeal. I I would be offended if I got an oatmeal raisin and I thought I got a chocolate chip. I'm like, well, you should have been reaching for the oatmeal raisin to begin with. Well, and you, if you don't want it, I'll gladly take it. Brother, even if you've taken a bite of it already, I'll take it. Exactly. Um, I mean, probably not, but maybe. I mean, it depends on who it is. Right, Uh, right. Anyway. uh, So, there's that. It's an oatmeal raisin cookie imperial stout. I don't get very much oatmeal raisin. There is some cinnamon in there. It's a good beer. I just don't get oatmeal raisin cookie from it. That's fair. This has been kind of a rocky start, folks. Uh, if, if you're new here, we're we're going off the rails a little bit, a little rough seas, one might say. Speaking of rough seas, that brings us to our first takeaway of the night. That segue was like when you're in the backyard hitting a baseball and you throw it up to yourself and hit it. That's that's what Justin just did. I did. You're not wrong. I knew he... where it was. It was, <laughs> it was very planned out. That was, that was it was it was a cheating segue. He verbally threw the ball up in the air to himself. I did. And then I knocked it out of the park for what it's worth. It's at least uh, a double. At least a solid double. Yeah. I mean, I hit the wall. Yeah. Um, I, I scared some little kid in the first row thinking it was coming right at him. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, something I noticed last night, Jeremy, and I, I know we briefly discussed this like literally like two minutes ago uh, before we hopped on, uh, is Jeff made a reference to how rocky the seas were. Katzman mentioned he had thrown up. Some of the other folks obviously said they experienced some, some seasickness. Um, and he mentioned something along the lines of, you never know what you're going to get on your entrance into Survivor. Some days the seas are very calm. Some days they're very rocky. Um, we talked last season, if I'm not mistaken, how much I, was, I loved that they went back to the old school boat marooning. Um, this this time they did the marooning on a beach. They did one of the little challenges on the beach, and it got me thinking: like, do they have two separate challenges set up for, like, if it's a rocky seas day, they do it on the beach. If it's a nice seas day, they pull out the old pirate ship and park it and let them go to town. Like, just I know that's a really random thing to pick up on. I know it's very niche and like probably dumb and I'm sure Jeff probably has not thought about that one time and they just kind of you know have it planned out like a season in advance of like this is going to be a beach season and this one's going to be a rocky uh, you know a, a boat season. Uh but I kind of wanted to get your take on like do you think that's is that like a reasonable thing to look at and think, "Oh, well that would make sense if they do it that way." I I don't I don't know because typically those challenges have a little bit too much to them for it to just be like a fallback option. Um, I mean, that's certainly possible. I would think it's more likely 
that when you film, especially now that they film in the same place every year, they know that that part of the ocean tends to be, or that, that, that sea, that area, bay, whatever, this time of year is, is generally more choppy than the latter part of the year. So they know that, um, uh, and, and maybe I'm not right about this, but they don't know they that, back to back weeks though, or something like that, or back to back months. Uh, don't maybe they do. Um, or more likely is that they know because of you know certain conditions within a week they know hey this time next week when we're trying to film the start uh, it's going to be high winds it's going to be a storm coming in. So the water's going to be choppy. Let's set up a beach marooning. Or within a week, they know. So they probably do have both planned, but it's not that day. It's a week out, five days out, four days out. They know, hey, in all likelihood, next week, the waters are going to be super choppy. So we need to do a, a, a land marooning. Or they know a week out, five days out, it's supposed to be smooth sailing next week. Let's do a let's do a boat marooning, right? So I do think weather is a factor, but I do I, I would I would be surprised if they have both challenges set up unless that maroon the the beach marooning challenge is on a part of the beach where it's just always set up. Well, that's what I was kind of wondering is if it's one of those where like, and that one in particular last night was very like, okay, we can have like it'd be, it'd be very easy to like install that stuff very quickly. Yeah, that's possible. Um, like, it was just the what? It was the, the net course with some mud, and then it was the little like dig under thing. Which you mean all you would have to do is just put that in the ground real quick, and then it was puzzle pieces, and you have to run them back, and then set the puzzle pieces up, and then knock the key off, or knock the flint off. Sorry. Um, so like that feels like a very like they could set that up in a couple hours. I wonder though, is the sh- the ship is probably the part that would be really tough to get in and out. So like and that, s- and so foresight. Yeah. Um, so, but but I I do think you know I hadn't thought of that, and I do think you're right. I do think that weather plays a factor in which one they do. Um, and I think even if you planned, the more I think about it, I'm thinking as we're talking. The more I think about it, even if you plan to have a ship marooning, you would probably also have to have the land one set up in case anything goes wrong. In yeah. case, you know, there wasn't supposed to be high winds, but all of a sudden it's high winds and the, the there's, you know, the, the water just got really choppy all of a sudden or uh, a pop-up storm came and, and we don't want to have them out on the boat in that or uh, anything, you know, some... Something goes wrong mechanically or, or whatever with the boat itself. Um, that the, so I would think you would have to have the land marooning set up anyway. So so maybe yeah. that's maybe maybe it is a version of what you said. And it's just one of those things where like I prefer the boat marooning. Um, I don't know that's a dumb thing to just sit there and say. Well, I prefer it this way. But there's something just more like nostalgic about the the boat marooning that makes it feel old school survivory. Um, and so I kind of, I really like that. And so like when they cut to the beach, I'm like, oh man, this is, this, it's not a, 
I'm not going to watch this show anymore kind of reaction. But it's like, oh, man, I was hoping for a boat burning this season. Um, and so, I, like, when we were, I was watching the other night, I was like, well, dang. And then when he said that, I was like, oh, well, that makes a lot more sense. They may have had to, like, scrap the boat marooning and just go do a land one because the seas are so bad. Because you could not do a boat marooning as bad as it looked out there. Like, they were flying up on out of the air. Like, it looked kind of like the when Pat got messed up. Uh, oh, yeah. But, but, you know, the more I think, that was a boat marooning season. Of course, they didn't have to get in and out of the water on that season, though. That was like an obstacle course on the boat, right? Yes, that sounds right. I think that's right. I don't think they had to actually leave the boat. So that may be why they were able to do the boat marooning for that particular season. It's also possible that they just hit a rough patch on the way to the beach. Um, that it, that the yeah. that the that the waves weren't that bad out deeper, but they just hit a patch where the tide was was hitting just right, and it, it and Pat broke his back. And Pat broke his back. Yes. Um, Speaking of break, breaking their back. Yeah, something like that. Um, this season, you know, we've had a few seasons now where the first boot. Uh, we're kind of jumping from the beginning all the way to the end of this episode back to back. Um, we've had some seasons where the first movie was, just, oh man, that was just, that was tough luck. You know, that, uh, I think her name was Sarah a few seasons ago, maybe on Gabler's season. Couldn't um, it might've actually been, no, it was 41. There was a girl who was like a really good swimmer and I think her name was Sarah. Uh, I picked her pretty early in our drafty draft that season. And she was a pretty good swimmer, but the first immunity challenge had no swimming. It was all on the ground. And um, kind of like this one was. It was all on the ground. So she wasn't able to contribute. She seemed like a weak link. They voted her out. Nobody really had a problem with her, but they had to vote somebody out. And it was her. Um, just tough luck. Uh, this is not one of those seasons. Um, it has been a while. Since I, and I don't know that I've ever watched a season where there was a character that no one disliked, was not a bad person, was not annoying, really, wasn't uh, mischievous, wasn't abrasive. And yet he messed up so bad in the first episode that they just had to vote him out. Yeah. And but Buddy Jelinski, your boy. Number one draft pick for the I fighting. Got, I got duped. Well, also, I will say this. I'm glad you say that because I have a short list right here of eight names of people that I really liked that I was going to take with, you know, obviously I would take one of these people with my number one pick. I took none of them, but Jelinski was at the top of that list. Okay, good. I feel- like, but better knowing that. What, what were you going to call my team, though? I, I got to hear that through. The fighting Justin Baxley's. That's all I was going to do. Um, yeah, it wasn't anything special. That's why I just mowed through it. But okay, gotcha. The thing with Jelinski, and I don't know if I said this on the air. I don't know if I know I've said this to you in in just conversation and text or whatever. The reason I did not draft Jelinski number one, and this is going to make it sound like I'm saying that I am just so much smarter, and I'm not. It's just. I could not have accidentally been any more right. 
when I looked at Jelinski, I saw there are an awful lot of things to like about this dude. Uh, he's, he seems like a compelling character. There's lots of good things about him. He's seems like he's physically gifted, um, but doesn't seem like just a meathead. Got so much to like about this guy. But one thing kept standing out to me about his profile. And it was not that he's a, a Swifty. <clears throat> it's that he was 20. He's 22. Which I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. You didn't even do it right. You're supposed to say 22, right? Man, you're, gosh, you're coming to Swifty right before my eyes. You know, like I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. But, and that everything that happened to him in this episode, because he doesn't actually look or talk like a 22 year old. He seems a little bit older. Right. But his actions, his choices, his thought processes were so 22 year old male. And, and that was the reason I didn't draft him. And that's the reason, reason he went home first, everything he did, even when you read his explanations, um, because, you know, right out the back, you've got the sweat versus savvy. Um, they did it this season where uh, whichever team finished second in the opening challenge, got to pick whether they did the sweat or the savvy. I don't remember who won and who picked what, but his tribe, the purple tribe ended up doing the sweat challenge which was they took these buckets, ends up these buckets have holes in them. They fill up water. They dump them in the big jugs. <laughs> they had – how many hours did they have, Justin? Several. Several. What does several mean? Not seven. It could mean seven. It could. But it doesn't necessarily mean seven. Jelinski thought it definitely meant seven. And he even argued that when everyone else, which, again, 22-year-old male – Everyone else in all of the tribes plus Jeff was looking at him like, no dummy, it does not mean seven. It means just a, a generic number that is more than two and probably less than ten. Um, yeah, and I, I always think of several as somewhere between like four and six, to be honest with you. Like, I always think, like, you got several hours to get this done. I'm thinking, like, all right, I got four to four to five hours. Yeah, three, three is a push for several, but, uh, you know, it's technically several. But, yeah, I'm with you. Four to six, four to seven, somewhere in that range. Two's a no. couple, three's a crowd, four to nine is several, uh, or whatever that saying is. But he was just dead set that it was – and even when everybody else was like, nah, bro, that's not what that means, he just was – He doubled dead, down. Doubled down on it. He still doubles down on it. He's several down on it. He's several uh, down on it. So he just, you know, he thought he had several hours, seven hours. He had four. And his explanation that we didn't see this on TV was that Q kind of led him to it. Q said, I just don't know if we're going to do that. We're going to be able to finish this. Do you think we're going to be able to finish this? And that's when Jelinski was like, no, I don't think we're going to be able to finish it. We should quit. See, I thought we saw a little bit of that. I thought Q said something about, like, do you not think we're going to be able to finish this, buddy? Well, but but the way they sold it on TV was that it was initially like, Jelinski's idea. Right. Jelinski says Q's the one who brought it up, and then he started saying, no, no, no. He, he, he started saying, no, I don't think we're going to do it. Let's quit. Even still, you have to know. You cannot be the one to decide we're quitting this. Right. You just can't. No, here's 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 my thing. So Jeremy, obviously, very smart for picking up on the twenty-two thing and all that jazz. I'm going to be very honest and open with you folks. I was the exact 
opposite of Jeremy. I thought there were several reasons why I should not draft Jelinski beyond just the 22 thing. I'd seen some interviews with him. I thought he looked like, like well, and it, maybe it all com- reverts back to the 22 thing. But everything that, that all of his pregame like stuff screamed, man, this is a guy I don't want on my team. But it said Swifty on it, so I, I went with it. Like, just straight up. That's why I picked him. Um, and I made no bones about that. I didn't read the rest of his profile uh, in depth. Other than I knew he was 22. I knew there were some red flags in there. I knew there were some things that I didn't really like. The Really, the only thing I liked about him was the Swifty thing. And I got duped. Like, he played horrendously, which I, I told you. I don't know if you remember this, but I got super hyped when I saw the Swifty thing. I said, I want to pick first, and I know who I'm taking. Like, I'm all in on this guy. And then I kind of backed off of it really quickly. I was like, you know, I don't really know that I like this guy as much as I thought I did. Uh, and then we got into the draft, and I was like, yep, I'm going to let him go. And then I, I saw the Swifty thing again. I was like, dang it, I got to go with it. I got I got to, and you know, and it cost me. Here are a couple takeaways all in one about Jelinski and how he got to where he got. One, me personally, as soon as we got the savvy, I would at least talk to the the tribe and say, look, we don't know what this task is. We know it's going to be very physically exhausting. I, you know, and even on the beach, whatever tribe was that selected the savvy thing, the green tribe uh, selecting savvy, they said, let's pick savvy just so it wears the other team out. They were not concerned on whether or not they could win the savvy portion. They were only concerned with wearing out the other team. I think in, as a group, I think you talk it over and you can just say like, Hey, before we get in this, let's talk about if, it's really worth it to exhaust ourselves to the point of getting Flint for right now, getting these, like these, a couple of supplies, or if it's better for us to conserve all of our energy, when, when the first immunity challenge, get our supplies, and then we're set up for, for, for future success. I think if you have that open discussion and know everybody's like, yeah, you know what? If, if you get in there and it's one of those, like, Super, too physically demanding that you feel like our two best people are about to be compromised. Let's let's uh let's punt on it. But they didn't do that. They were like, oh yeah, I'm all in. And that's the other thing, like that Jelinski specifically, like got him in trouble. He he was very much like, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to be in it. I want to be in it. And it was for everything. Like he wanted to go on the journey. He wanted to do the puzzle. He wanted to do like he just kept raising his hand to being do- gung ho about doing it. And then quitting, it would be very frustrating for the rest of the team. I think if you if you throw that out there, it could put a target on your back. I'm not saying it couldn't. If you throw it out there in the group and say, hey, what are our thoughts on maybe skipping the sweat portion, conserving our energy? I'm not saying we shouldn't try, but like, is there a path where it makes more sense for us to save our energy up? I'm going to be real with you, Justin, and I've never been on Survivor. I've never been in Fiji. The thing about this one is that, yeah, it's frustrating that the holes, the bucket had holes in it, 
But we've also seen this challenge done with these giant metal jug things that looked like they were super heavy. And you could tell when the guys were carrying it, I'm like, holy crap, that is a heavy bucket. Like, I feel like the, when Danny McRae did it, the bucket was just really heavy. Right. This didn't look like that. No, this, well, no. And I think it was specifically designed so it didn't look that way. This looked like something that I don't know. Even if you've decided, hey, we ain't gonna finish this. We didn't. We didn't start off with a good plan. We didn't start off fast enough. We didn't figure out how to plug the holes in the bucket. We're kind of screwed here. You could just keep moving and not really wear yourself up out that much more than you would have worn yourself out back at camp getting the campsite ready. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like if you're back at camp, you're just laying around. You're walking to the water. You're uh, looking for idols. You're finding coconuts. You're finding firewood for, you know, in case that down the road you get fire. You're trying to see if you can put together a shelter. I don't think that is one that had to be so physically taxing that you would just be out of it for the next challenge. So it was just that short-sighted of, like, my two options are, I either work my fingers to the bone and I'm dog tired for three days or I get, I quit completely. And there was a a middle path where you just keep working. You realize at hour two that you're not going to finish because it's hour two. You're about halfway done with the time and you're a third of the way done with the water. You real, and you can't really move any faster because the water's falling out of the bucket. I think there's a middle path that he just, he just couldn't see. And, and that goes back to he's 22. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Like, and maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I'm not the, the physical specimen that I once was um, or ever was. Uh, but I do wonder, like, if going and moving around camp, doing all these various tasks, doing all that stuff, they ended up having to go back and do all that too. Um, because nobody was really doing that if i'm not mistaken like they the people back at camp weren't exactly making a ton of headway on building the the site um and then like i don't know how muscles necessarily like i assume it works this way because i know when i when i do if i do the same exact exercise over and over again it targets very specific muscles and a lot of those muscles are probably going to be very similar to the other survivory survivor tasks that I'm about to have to do over the next few days versus like if I'm going to the water and then I'm also, you know, doing the stuff with the palm fronds and I'm doing the, like I'm working different muscle groups. So I'm not necessarily as worn out as I am targeting one specific muscle group. And that's fair. I think for me, it just all comes back to, you can't be the one that, you can't that, that, that volunteers to do it because you're gung-ho you're gonna finish it we're gonna do this let's knock this out and then quit not on day one that's you you just you just can't i'll be honest i thought q was actually doing worse at the challenge than jelinski because he didn't seem to understand how to get the, the water into the bucket but yeah. like because like he, when he would go to dump it it would be like very very little water when and Jelinski, Jelinski talked about that in his post-game press, but it's all optics because Q's not going to come back and say, well, to be fair, he quit, but he was doing better with the water than I was. 
Um, right. And Jelinski can't come back to camp and say, yeah, I mean, I quit, but like he wasn't getting as much water as I was because nobody cares. You quit. Right. Um, and he th- compounded it. That's the other thing. He compounded it on the journey by going out on the journey and quitting again, basically. Yeah, and, and this was just, I mean, again, he was 22. He had, he, in the post game, in his post uh, boot press, he's doubled down on this, where he still thinks that it was a smart play to essentially look and go, okay, if I lie to Maria, 12 people are going to be mad at me. So I'm going to tell the truth, and I'm going to tell her that, no, don't pick me. I've got the skull card, and if you pick me, you're going to lose your vote. Um, I'm losing my vote anyway, um, so or I'm just going to lose my vote. But I told you earlier, that math ain't mathing, because even if Maria goes back and Tevin goes back and they both tell their people, hey, um, we lost our votes – well, Tevin wouldn't have lost his vote, right? Yeah, he would have. Yeah, he would have. He would have. That's right. That's right. They go back and say, we lost our votes because Jelinski lied. Well, what was the concept? He had to lie. He had to lie. Now, the, the, the problem is that they could go back and not tell the truth about what the game was. But by the time that can hurt Jelinski, Jelinski can say, uh, so the only way for me not to lose my vote was lie. Um, it was either lie or lose my vote, so I lied. Um, there was there's no middle ground there because he drew the card. He was the skull. He had to lose. But so what's going to happen is there are going to be some people that are going to maybe side with Maria and Tevin. Go yeah, it's a crappy thing to do. There are going to be some people who wanted to target Maria anyway or wanted to target Tevin anyway. Or there's going to be somebody who was going to be Maria's target. Um, and then there are going to be some people that are going to hear that and go, well, it's Survivor. Like, sometimes you have to lie. Right. And and and, they're, and they might even think less of Maria and Tevin because they're making a big deal about Chalinski lying. So a more mature person looks at it and goes, who cares if they have enemies? Because the other thing about Chalinski is that we saw multiple times – he played as though, and he called himself, he talked about himself in the third person a couple of times when he talked about this. He played every everything as though Jelinski was a legend, and Jelinski is definitely getting to the merge. And so when Jelinski gets to the merge, Jelinski needs to have some allies, and he's not going to have those allies if Jelinski lies to Maria. And it never entered his mind that you got to get there first. I'll be honest. I, I think there's a couple things to take away from this part. Um, I think you can look at it. Yes, Jelinski screwed it up, but I don't know that he screwed it up with the card part. I actually think he messed it up more going back and telling the tribe the truth. Oh, yeah. He, he definitely like, compounded it. If nothing else, when he came back and told his tribe exactly what he had done, he compounded it. Quitter. Yeah, he's a quitter. Like, why would you do that? Now you've given both of those other tribes extra votes and we have nothing. Um, I think what he could have done, and I saw this online somewhere, maybe in Survivor Fan Jury, something along the lines of you come back, say, Yeah, we played that little wheel game, you guys know. I don't, I'm not going to know if I have my vote until tonight. Like, I might have an extra vote or I might have no votes. Um, we, because that's a believable thing to do. And like, then, they don't know what game you played, you can just tell them the, like, it was a different game. 
And that one lie, not only is it an easy lie, and it covers your butt in case you don't have a vote and everybody can count and they see that only five votes got cast. Um, then you can just say, well, looks like I didn't get my vote. But because you might have an extra vote, they have to worry about shot in the dark. They're going to work with not, not that they're going to work with you. That too. Yeah. Because they want to be on your side in case you have an extra vote. They don't want to be, they don't want to be the ones who vote for who, who vote for you. When you have an extra vote, you pull in two other people and you vote out one of them. Everybody wants to work with you. We've seen it time and time again, when somebody might have an idol, especially early, when you think somebody has an idol, when you think somebody has an extra vote, whatever, you just leave them alone. Right. Because you don't want to, in small numbers, you don't want to get caught on the wrong side of small numbers when somebody has an extra vote to play with. But and so, hit, they knew he didn't have a vote. They knew he didn't have a vote, and they knew why, and they knew that twice he had stepped out on a limb and said, I'm going to do this. And then he quit. And then quit. Yeah, so I don't mind the the way he played the Maria Tevin thing because, like I told you earlier, there's a chance he knew for a fact Maria was picking Tevin regardless he had already made up her mind, which, another thing that I noticed, I thought Tevin did a really poor job of telling the truth, probably as bad, a, and you've said this, as bad a job as Jelinski did lying. Tevin did just as bad telling the truth. I looked at Hannah last night and said, why does he sound like Captain Jack Sparrow trying to tell the truth right now? It was very strange. Uh, it, it, it was actually a tweet from, I'm going to look it up. I can't remember the guy's name all of a sudden. He was a uh, sixth place finisher. Oh, Omar. Omer is how he pronounces Omer. it. Omer. He said, um, I just had it in front of me. He said, Jelinski is a bad liar, but Tevin may be a worse truth teller. And yeah. I retweeted it because if you're not following us at Blindside Rewind, you should. Um, and if you and if you like jokes about Jelinski's intelligence, I was on fire Wednesday night. Because um, <laughs> he, man, oh boy. Um, but yeah, and and some of it comes from, and this is again being a little bit older, fifteen years older than Jelinski. Ooh, yeah, right. Um, I've played a bunch of secret identity games. Yeah, and the only reason. To play it the way Tevin did, because Tevin went, and he's an actor, and sometimes when you're an actor, you feel the need to be, to overact. The only reason you play it as big as he did is if you're going to play this game multiple times. And you need to be big now in case you end up being big later when you're actually lying. You know, sometimes right. it's hard It's hard to lie small sometimes. And so you play it big when you're actually telling the truth, so that people think that's just how you talk. Um, right. But you're only playing this once. Just play, play cool, you know, no matter what your card, especially if you have the good card, you have the, you know, you're, he has the vote. He has the one where if Maria picks him, we both get an extra vote, and Jelinski screwed. Well, like I told you earlier, the way I play that is just say, Maria, I'm going to be honest with you. I have the card that you need in order to secure your extra vote. Um, you're welcome to pick him and lose your vote. That's cool. I understand it. You may automatically decide that I'm not as trustworthy. That's cool. But if you pick me, me and you can get an extra vote, then we can work together. Um, I'm not trying to screw you. I just, we, 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 I want to be able to work with you. Let's make it happen. And you just play it even keel. Um, or if you have the other card, I mean, that works both ways, right? Like you can play that on both sides of it. 
Um, I think you mentioned another thing that I thought like mentally might mess with the other person is to almost say, uh, like describe their card in the wrong way and try to describe the card in the wrong way. And then they may be like, no, 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 no. It's a skull. And then you're like, well, you sure do know it better than I do. Sounds like that's the card you have. Um, and I think that works. Um, it's, I I think it's just one of those things where like, I was very fascinated by the game. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was a nice little, but I liked, I, I liked it less when Maria was like, all right, y'all tell me which one of you has it, or I'm going to go back and tell my drop tribe and you're screwed for this. And Jaletsky immediately caves, which again, truthfully, like, I, I don't think anybody should ever paint this guy as a bad dude. No. Jaletsky is a great guy. He's like, a fine guy. He's like, just not very bright. He's themed like trustworthy, honest, like woo, like played with honor type guy thinking he could be a legend. Uh, but he, he ended up kind of wooing himself out very early on um, in a lot different way by quitting. But yeah, I mean, all of it was very people pleasing type things. And I even noticed it at tribal Jeff said, so you quit. And he's like, no, I didn't quit. And Jeff's like, but you quit. And he's like, yeah, I quit. Because <laughs> again, like it was like a moment of like, he could have fought, continued to fight back against Jeff and been like, no, man, you don't understand. What happened was Q over here did this and this. And this. Like he could have fought it, but he just gave in and was like, yeah, you're right. I'm going to quit on this argument too. Like, dude, just quit on everything. Like, yeah. It- you pushed back a little bit Jelinski, which I'm going to be honest with you I would have rather had Jelinski around than Jess I just because he's somebody that I know he can't win the game and I can pretty much control which way he goes because he's just going to do what I ask him to do well he might well or he might do what other people ask him to do. Well, but he's very easily influenced and I don't want that person in the game especially in small numbers if I'm one of them, and I know that we're about somebody, I don't mind having around for one more vote because I do think he's probably more useful than Jess in the challenges. Well, he might be. Um, he wasn't much help. Like he had one in the challenge in the puzzle. He ingested the puzzle. His job was just to stack the pieces. He wasn't even putting the puzzle together. His job was just to stack the pieces. And he was having trouble with that. Yeah. Um, and the other problem with that is in a small tribe, I think he's a guy that if he had this episode where he just quit on everything and he botched everything, but uh, we're, there are 13 people left in the game. Mm-hmm. I would love to have him after the merge. Yeah, I yeah. would love to have him post-merge. But first episode where I have to get through potentially two more tribals and he's somebody who, if I'm Q and I'm looking at him and I'm going, I think I've got him as a number and me and him and um, uh, who are some of the other people on that tribe? I had their I had their tribe pulled up. Um, Tiffany? Tiffany. You know, yeah. And, and, and I think me and him and Tiffany and the, the other girl, what is Kenzie? And we're all working together and uh, we take out Jess – uh, we take out Jess now, and then next time maybe we take out Banu. Um, but 
I don't, I can't be convinced that if Banu comes up to him and says, Hey, I got Kenzie on my side and I've got this extra vote that I just won at the, at this journey. Um, let's vote out Q that he's not going to go along with that. Like he just, he's so, so flimsy. Um, and I, and I think it just, it continued. The, the, I, I did feel bad for Jelinski because so much of the episode seemed to be about showing us why Jelinski had to go home. Yeah. Um, I mean, cause they get back from the, from immunity. They've lost immunity. The whole rest of the tribe goes off to talk and Jelinski lays down in the shelter. And Jess, they even show Jess coming up and going, hey, do you think this is the smartest thing to be doing right now? Do you think it's smart to just be hanging out in the shelter when they're all off talking? And he was like, I mean, I think I'm fine. Are you not feeling fine? And he just, it was, he was so oblivious. So oblivious the whole time. Just, just played very dumb. Um, which the wild thing is, is he, he actually had a chance to stay. At that moment, off. he was fine. Because at that moment, they were talking about voting out Jess. Right. And then Q flipped it because he wasn't around early to defend himself. <laughs> right. And if, and that, that that's a, be- that's a great point you just made. Because if, Jelinski gets up and goes to the uh, goes to the water. Maybe Q doesn't have the opportunity to flip it, and Q just kind of has to go go along with everything. And go, well, I mean, I would like to take out Jelinski, but he's always around, so I can't talk about that. Instead, he had all that time to flip it back to Jelinski. Right. So I think we've milked the Jelinski uh, topic for as, as much as it's yeah. worth. I, I was going to say we've we beat up on my team quite a bit. Um, I drafted Tiffany, right? You did. Okay. So I want to hop in and, and do some, uh, uh, shout outs to some of the team members that weren't Jelinski this week. I actually really like Tevin. The Andy Griffith, uh, Alliance is just absolutely golden. Big fan of that one. Um, and I think Tevin is somebody that could, he gives me very, um, Deshaun potential or like Ricard um, hopefully not blowing up their game type potential but like he, he seems very smart and like he can potentially strategize his way to the end so I really liked him I thought that him getting himself a quirky alliance on day one was 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 is fun and I think it's one that could carry him the rest of the game um I also think he he made some inway, uh, some potential pathways to help like getting in with the other tribes with Maria because now she's going to find him as trustworthy. Um, and then Tiffany, just uh, she is probably my other um, favorite from my squad for this particular episode. And I'll, I'll get there was a third one that I'm very proud of. I'll get to that in a minute because uh, he was my last pick, but <laughs> Tiffany handled that beware advantage really, 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 really well. Um, she pulled in just the right amount of people. Um, she was able to navigate, like, first of all, the way she ran through that, that hieroglyphics puzzle thing was impressive. I don't know how you felt about that. Oh, she did very well. Um, And what was cool about it is, again, Survivor is all about luck, right? Um, 
I talked about it earlier that that uh, we've seen people get lucky in, in what tribe they were on, and, and Jelinski got a little bit unlucky in being on the tribe he was on. Because um, if he's on a tribe with somebody who's just a butthole, maybe he doesn't. No, it was the reverse. It was we were talking about your boy Ben, and I said that um, Ben was exactly the person I thought he was. Ben was exactly the person I thought he was when I did not want to draft him. But he got on a tribe that was all about his vibes, that loved his vibes. And so instead of being somebody who could go home first because uh, his tribe lost immunity and he was bothering them because they were hungry and they didn't want to hear him being all upbeat, he's on a tribe that embraces it and they become the vibe tribe because of him. I, you know, it, it, it's luck. Um so and and some of what she did was luck because she started out and she went like this looks like it would be the which means this is a T so there's that that's a great way to start but then there was one point and and whoever she was working with was it Kinsey even yeah. kind of reacted to it where she was like I think this is such and such so that's going to be an S and Tiffany was like uh, or Kinsey was like uh, okay and it ended up working out um, well, but he looked at her and went look I don't really know what you're doing right now. But, like, I'm going to let you work because this seems to be working. I'm going to just take a step back, and I'm going to go watch to make sure the boys don't come up on you. Yeah, I mean, it, it was really good. I, I was really impressed with Tiffany. Um, the way the way she, she knocked out that Beware Advantage so fast. Um, I like that the production set up this Beware Advantage so that it could be done quickly. Yeah. And I they re- the 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 part of like your team has to lose for you to get the next clue um because then it became a a race on time because she knew she had to get it done quickly because if not she'd go into the tribal without a vote so she got it done as quickly as she possibly could got the idol got her vote back and ended up all in like i assume a pretty short period of time and it's smart from a production standpoint to not to ensure that they won't have to do a flashback. Because mm-hmm. if she finds if if she finds that beware advantage and then they don't go to tribal, but she goes ahead and completes her portion of the um c- completes everything she's complete to get her vote back, they might not have time on this episode to show all that. Or, or or they don't want to muddy the waters and show her completing her idol on an episode where somebody else is going to tribal. Mm-hmm. So they go ahead and they put that caveat in there so that if her tribe doesn't go to tribal, they don't have to show her looking for the idol. And instead, they can show it when it's relevant. They can show it, <clears throat> quote unquote, in real time when her tribe does lose the immunity challenge. So I thought it was just a really smart way to do it, and she did really well. Um, very similar to like the Sabaya idol. Like they decided like, okay, the candle thing was a dead giveaway. We don't love that. Let's do it very similarly. And it's very time, time relevant. Like you only have so much time. You could get voted off without a vote. If you don't get this idol quickly without having to play, like show it in front of everybody with this candle. Like that's how it felt to me anyway, is that it was very like it still had the same elements of 
man, you better hurry up and get this idol or you might be going home because you're not going to have a vote or an idol without having to do it in front of everyone. And I think like that obviously sunk Sabaya's game um, because she didn't vote and went home. She, she played it poorly. Um, but so that's what it felt like. I really liked that a lot. Um, and she just seems like somebody that, well, now she has an idol. She feels like somebody you might want to go ahead and lock into the merch. Like, I don't think, like, I think she's probably the, well, I mean, obviously she's the only one with an idol right now, but she feels like the most protected of anybody in the game. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I she wouldn't disagree with that at all. Fully dead last in the pecking order. Uh, and then my other, my other quick takeaway from my team is Katzman. You kind of hit on it. Uh, Vibe Tribe, he, he clearly a very laid back dude. Um, you know, it worked him and uh, the actual Swifty um, that you got with the next Charlie. Um, tried on his vest and they're like, rock on, dude, like, let's shred and all that jazz. Um, I don't know if any of those are actual buzzwords that Ben would use, but it worked for him on this tribe specifically. He may be the second most insulated person in the game right now because everybody loves the dude. Yeah, um, it's it's remarkable. And I think that like him throwing up on the way into the thing, honestly, that may be something that bonds them him with the other tribes too. Immediately, they're like, yeah, you know, I felt bad for old buddy. He he got sick on the way in. I, I hate that. I can't wait to get to know him though. I bet he's a cool dude. Like. I know that sounds dumb, but like that, like those are the kind of things that are like first impressions. He handled that well. He's like, yeah, I got kind of sick. Aha, look at Ben. And then he's going to, he could be somebody that gets into the merge and is just going to ingratiate himself with them, work with the other tribes, be strong with his group, vibe tribe his way to the end. Uh, you know, he's looking like somebody else that I think could make the merge. Um, so I feel really confident about Tevin, Katzman, and Tiffany. Um, the rest of my team, I can't even tell you who's on it. There uh, was one, the older lady. You got her, Liv? Liz? Maria. Okay. Who who got Liv? Liz? You got Liz. Dadgummit. I was really hoping that was the older lady you took from me. Uh-uh. Um, that makes me sad because I think she's very short for the game. She um, is. She, yeah, she did not have a great was, night. Super abrasive. I did not find her, and she was not good at all. No, it, it, and and they even made sure to point out that her her tribe. I'm trying to think of who it was that didn't particularly enjoy her it was Tevin. Tevin, yeah. Te- Tevin didn't particularly enjoy her. He's a, and this is again where age sometimes you can't because Tevin comes off very wise and perceptive. He's only twenty four. Um. Right. Uh. So so. You know, um, it, it's not always um, it's not always completely indicative, but in this case, in in uh, Jelinski's case, it it worked. I, I'm not super thrilled with any on my team. Hunter, I think it's fine. Um, That's I the did Griffith the Alliance guy, right? I, yeah, I did love the stuff with Tevin. I loved that, like, because we've seen this trope, right? Uh, um, I'm drawing a blank. The winner of Survivor 42 that was on Jonathan's tribe. Oh, Marianne. Marianne. I was like, Maria, that's not right. Um, 
Marianne, she even tweeted that, oh, so Hunter is Jonathan and Soda is me. But the difference was Hunter recognized in a confessional, like, I also was a camp counselor. They were singing all those camp counselor songs, and he said, I was also a camp counselor. And the thing I hated most about camp was the camp counselor songs. And I hate them. They get on my nerves. I don't like it. Here's why I don't like it, because I'm from a small town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he had the awareness to recognize that, like, that's a me problem. I can't let that affect my relationship with people on camp. I figure out how to deal with it. So I did like that. But, uh, you know, Kenzie seems fine. Q seems, he seems fine. Um, he, he took a quick. You there? Yeah, I'm here. I was, Q, Q to me was the most interesting piece. I, he could go either way. He could be gone next week or he's somebody that could last a long time. As long as, I think he'll be fine as long as he doesn't enjoy the power of having sent Jelinski home too much. That, that's um, what I worry about him. Like he seemed very like alpha male-ish. Uh almost like I don't I'm not saying he's as bad as this guy was when we watched him, but it felt very Brad Culpeppery to me. Like there yeah. were moments where I was like, this is really like swaying on like like the take out the manliest men, but I also want to work with the men kind of like it was an odd balance. He was striking. And I, I don't know if I like him for a long time or if it's one of those where he's going to be a really interesting short-term character um, that maybe gets to stick around to the merge because he can win you a challenge single-handedly. Um, You mentioned Maria. I really liked a lot of what I saw from Maria. I don't know that it made a ton of sense what she did at the, journey but it worked you know like threatening that i'm gonna like if she had if she had tried that on me like i'm gonna tell my tribe that you lied about well you you tell them you can tell them that but i'm not lying so that doesn't affect me like you know it wouldn't have worked on me at all like um because really the card where you have to lie is the easiest card because you either lie or you lose your vote. Like there's no in between. You can't yeah. tell the truth. If you if you tell the truth, you lose your vote. So worst case scenario is you lose your vote. You might as well just lie and try. Um, Which is the bad part for Jelinski is he lied, he tried, and then he gave up. Like the hardest card is the person who has to decide, and Jelinski gave her all the power. Yeah, which because. Was- Lying is easy. Telling the truth is easy. Figuring out which is which is the hard part. Um, I really like Jamila. Jim is what they call her. She seems to be um, just very easygoing and, and can flow with everybody. She's working with the girls on her tribe, but she's open to working with the guys. I, I, I think I think she's good, but I, I really like your roster better than mine at the moment, even though you lost the first person um you ready to move into some some superlatives some awards from the episode we can we can do that jess is the other one that worries me i don't know who has her i do that's why i didn't talk about her banu did not like him did not think he had a great edit i also have him that's why i didn't talk about him gotcha okay Uh, (laughs) kenzie felt solid charlie's interesting i don't know if charlie's long for the game either or he may be someone that goes very far. Like, 
his his relationship with Ben is going to be the thing to watch. If they can form a little quirky little duo together, I think he might be in. Liz, not great. Uh, Jelinski's gone. Sorry, I'm going on the list. Um, Maria was solid. Uh, Hunter was solid. I can't get a solid read on Venus. I don't know how... I don't know how long she is in the game. Mariah was pretty solid, I thought. Uh, he was the one that kind of wavered. Soda was interesting, too. I think Soda could be somebody that gets to the end very Marianne-ish. Or Soda somebody that goes out soon because the camp counselor songs start getting to everyone. Like, I don't know if you saw the part when they won immunity, like, somebody went and take the, the idol uh, from Jeff, and she, like, snatched it. And I'm like, hey, bro. Like, it was Venus. She, like, took it from Venus and handed it to somebody else. I was like, mm. uh, Randon, I don't remember seeing him. You <laughs> saw him. He, he, he was, which tribe is he in? We saw him, and he had a, a strange kind of interaction with somebody. Hold on. Let me, he's on the Nami tribe, which is the yeah. orange tribe. And they won a lot, so it was. Yeah. Uh, I want to say he had a, a weird interaction with Venus, maybe. Maybe. Venus is another one that I couldn't get a good read on. Tim had a couple moments where they gave him some some nice little airtime, but I don't remember him being great or bad. Like, I think he's very much somebody that could be like somebody that goes uh, like middle of the pack right before the merge type. Uh, or he goes right after the merge. Like, he just well, feels like a filler character. Tim is the one that immediately went to the, the girls always work together, we got to get a girl out. Um, oh, okay. you know and I mean? Whereas Rendon was the one who messed up and told um, Soda, I think it was, that he got um, Parvati vibes from Venus. Like, he felt like Venus was a Parvati and he can't yeah. trust her. Yeah, and Venus was very funny and saying, "That's exactly what I am." But man, you weren't supposed to clock me that quickly. Yeah, yeah, and and so I just don't know. Um, I, I'm still torn on all of them. So let's go ahead and start. Who's your best edit of the week? Um, best edit. Uh, that's tough. There's two that I really like. I mean, Catsman was probably like most improved edit maybe because I got him on my last pick. Um, and because like you said, he got so lucky on the, the, the tribe that he landed on, but I'm going to go Tiffany. Um, because no, of course you did. I know. I just think she's the most insulated of anybody in the game right now. She's got an idol. Uh, she's definitely a main character, main storyteller on the bad tribe, which means we're probably going to get a lot of her. Um, so I think there's a chance she's going to drive a lot of early game action. Um, and I think she might be the first one that I feel if I had to rank right now, she's the most solid to make the merge, which for the early portion of the game, it's kind of like what we do at the end of the game where we're like, this is the most likely to make it to the end. This is the most likely to win. And this is the most likely to get taken out or whatever. Um, she feels very much like if we were playing that game, but with the merge, uh, because you got to get the merge to get to the end. Uh, she feels like the most likely to get to the merge. 
Yeah, no, I, she, she would have been my, my first choice. But my second choice I'm going to go with is Maria. Maria had a great edit. She put Jelinski yep. in, the pre- in the pretzel on the journey. Um, she made it very clear early on that like Tim was trying to bond with her as like, hey, I'm a dad, you're a mom. Let's let's kind of connect over that. And she wanted to make it clear that like I'm not going to be anybody's mom out here. I don't mind connecting with other parents. We we go through some of the same thing. We have some. We're probably going to have some of the same thought processes. But I'm not going to be anybody's mom out here. Uh, she was very quick to like work with the girls and kind of hey, let's make sure we we see this trend that girls are going early, especially in the modern era. Let's let's not let that happen. Let's let's make sure that we're we're working together. But she. It didn't seem like a let's take out the guys because that's where it gets to be a problem is let's work together and let's make sure to take out one of them. It was more about, hey, let's take care of each other, yeah. um, which is kind of the same thing in the end, but it feels different. Um, she just had a very solid edit. I thought she she managed to be somebody who is taken seriously without being an over-serious person, and that's a very that's a very difficult balance to walk. So that would be my best edit. My worst edit. Let's just take Jelinski off the table. We've already okay. talked. Yeah, we've already so, talked about him enough. Jelinski was the worst edit, folks. Absolutely, the worst edit. And but but we we right. spent so much time talking about. It. And we normally don't. Normally, whoever has the worst edit is not somebody we spend so much time talking about. Um, but we just it it was the whole point of the episode. Um, I, I I'm gonna go with Liz. Um, I, I just think she came off drawing attention to herself negatively on an episode where her tribe lost exactly nothing. They won everything and she still managed to put her, put a target on her back. That's hard to do. Um, just bragging about coming off braggadocious about how many businesses she started and how wealthy she is and all this. It, it, it was not a great look for her. Yeah, I, I I had similar um, feelings. She had that weird moment where, like, Tevin clocked her pretty quickly. She was like, I have 15 businesses, and I have so much money, and I've sold half of my businesses. And Tevin's like, did you forget, like, we're out here to play for money, and, like, if you have the money, why would I keep you around? Like, yeah. I give somebody, like, almost felt very, like, she can't win even if she gets to the end, so she might as well stick around because nobody's going to give her money at the end since she we already know she has money. Um, I don't know if he's really truly the worst edit outside of Jelinski. I'm gonna go with it, Banu. Um, for me, it, it he had some moments where I'm just worried that he's gonna. And he's going to be very annoying at some point for for these folks. Like, all of his interactions felt very, like, if Jelinski didn't exist, this dude would be rubbing everybody the wrong way. Like, he, he's, a, he's a lot. Serious cover for him. He's just, he... It was very, like, anti-Nasir vibes, like... Nasir was such a happy-go-lucky kind of guy. Like we all loved him. Banu feels like the exact like opposite of that. He he's very like, he's very worried about everything. Yeah, and like you mentioned, just very neurotic. And it was just 
Like, it, even the, like, when he asked, and I thought specifically, like, later on, this is going to be a problem for you, my guy. Jeff asked him a question at Tribal, and he goes, he, like, swallows real hard, kind of looks around, and he goes, now it's time to vote. <laughs> like, he used to answer Jeff. And Jelinski's like, whoa, man, like, <laughs> you're not even going to answer that, so now I know I'm going home before we even vote. This This kind of sucks, man that's going to get him in trouble at some point. Like he doesn't have a very good ability to handle under pressure like that, which means like there are multiple situations on survivor where you're going to have to deal with pressure. I don't know that he can handle any of them. Yeah. He, he had a tough look. Um, so do we do any others? It's just, it was just best and worst at it. And then we go to our winners. I think that's it. So we're going to pick two winners and then drop one, two winner picks and then drop one at the merge. Yeah. I like that. Um, do you, I'll let you decide. Do you want first pick? Because in our fantasy game, you were up 11 to 10. So you could go first, or you could also go first because you already lost someone. I, I, either way, I think if you want to take first pick, you and should. I won last season. I'm good with that. Like, well, there's yeah. uh, I'll, I'll go first. I'm going to pick Tiffany. It's the smartest pick. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go Tiffany. Yeah, you, you almost have to. I'm going to reach over to your side as well. Yep. Um, and I'm going to take... No, stay on my side, and I'm going to take Maria. Okay, like it. Like it. I, I don't think we snake this. I think you should go next. Oh, okay, you want me to go next. Okay, Um, give me Tevin. Yeah, that's that's a smart pick. Yeah, I, I like Tevin a lot. Um. There, there was one other guy that I really like, and you already know who it is. I just don't know that he can win at the end. Um, vibey guy. I just, I don't know that he fits the the winner mold. I think Tevin, Tevin's more shrewd, and I think my worry for Katzman towards the end is going to be he's not going to be able to stab anybody in the back. No, and that's going to be his undoing. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that. I don't think Tevin minds. He'll he'll pull out his Jack Sparrow accent and get to get to poking. Um, gosh, I gotta I gotta pick one more. I, I I'm gonna say what I'm about to say. I, I'll save it for after I, I I make my pick. Um, give me for now. Give me. I don't like any of these people. Uh, I agree. Give me, uh, give me Hunter. He's my number one pick. I'll just, I'll just rock with it. Yeah, I want, I wanted to take one from your side and one from my side, but I just, I don't love this cast. Yeah, it, it, it actually has gotten worse for me since I've seen him in action as a survivor player. I don't mind any of these people. Um, they're just not exciting characters. There's not a lot exciting about it. Uh. Like, I told you the people that I thought were exciting. None of them, I feel like you need, especially in the front end, you need some physical freaks. You need some people who are just, like, carrying challenges. and um, or, or maybe they're great at puzzles. Maybe it's not physical freak. Maybe it's a mental freak. Maybe it's, it just, it feels like now 17 copies of the same person. Um, just different colors and different uh, genders and different clothes, but like, I mean, yes, Katzman is a is is a good character. 
I like Catelyn as a character. Yeah, but in terms of like, Zelensky's <laughs> a good character. And maybe you know what? Maybe we'll feel better about it when it's not so obvious who they should vote out. Yeah. Um, because I felt bad for her because the only drama with this vote was that Jess is struggling so bad with her ADHD that she can't find her crap and she's having trouble focusing on stuff. Um, if not for that, I mean, I don't even know if I don't even know if production could have created any drama if Jess wasn't ADHD. Yeah, no, I mean, like, could, could they have even made us think someone else might be going home right. if Jess was like decent at puzzles? Like, if 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 they had come roaring back and lost by three pieces, I, I don't even know that they could have made us fooled us into thinking um, that that someone was going home other than Jelinski. And Jerry, this has kind of been the talk of the survivor world for the last week or so. I, I I guess Jeff said something along the lines of he doesn't cast villains anymore. Like he doesn't go looking for. Them. Yeah, what 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 he said is there was a time when they cast people to be villains, right? That whether it was because that person presented themselves as a villain or whether they cast them with the intent of them becoming a villain, um, that 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 they cast people that they knew would be villains, and he's not doing that anymore, right? I'm going to be honest, I kind of miss it. Yeah, but I, I, this is the first season I felt that way. Shan was absolutely a villain. She wasn't yeah. cast to be one. She wasn't cast because she is one. But she was absolutely a villain. Jesse, super, super villainous. He yeah. was a nice, nice guy, great story. He is proof positive of what Jeff's trying to do. That They cast a guy with a great background story who is a genuinely good dude in real life. He's overcome so much, got a great story, absolutely villainous, stabbed everybody in the back. Um, Jam Jam won. How did he win? Because everybody who crossed him, he went after him and he got him out. Yeah. And they've had villains. It's just this season it didn't work. It did. No. I mean, I, I mean, Q maybe could be a villain, but I don't know that he's somebody that's going to be able to stick around long enough for us to... I think Venus will be a villain when her tribe goes to... Yeah, I, but I don't tribal. know. I don't think she'll last long. That's gonna be the problem. Is they're just gonna vote her out? Like, um, who else might be? Um, I think Tevin. Tevin has the the makings of a villainous character. Right. I, again, I, he may be the one that can save the whole season. <laughs> to be fair, because as much as he likes Hunter right now, he'll stab Hunter right in the back. Yeah. Um, and and Hunter will not do it to him he, he made that clear like he said look i'm out here to win money uh very cm punkish if you're a wrestling fan yeah I make friends i'm here to make money uh that you know that that felt like that that was tevin's kind of moment when he was out there in the water and he was talking about liz and she said something about her businesses he said look you're out here talking about how much money you have i'm here to make said money i'm just gonna send you home yeah, Charlie has potential to be a villain. But to me, I didn't like the manufactured villains. I didn't like um, the few episodes we saw of Russell Hans, Hans, however you say his name. I, I, didn't, I didn't like that. I, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy Dave. I didn't enjoy John Robert. I didn't enjoy Brad Culpepper. I didn't enjoy because even Tyson, he didn't come out there to be a villain. He became a villain because he didn't like Sierra. You yeah. know, like every other interaction he had, he was 
man, Coach is such a – I love Coach. Boston Rob is a villain. Like, I don't know, man. There's some great – Yeah, villains. but, like, Coach wasn't really a villain. I think Coach was a villain. In Token Chains, like, he presented himself as a hero. Well, right, but that's why he was a villain. But he wanted to do things honorably. And yeah. even even Tyson get, got cast in his second season as a villain because of token chains. And the reason he lost, one of the reasons he lost to, out of token chains was he loved Coach so much that he could not vote Coach out even when he knew Coach was the right answer. Like He has talked about that, that like, there, is a, there was a point in Token Chains where Tyson knew he should have voted Coach out, but he couldn't do it because it would hurt Coach's feelings so much. So, like, even... even in, Coach on a villain's tribe. Even in the height of old school Survivor, when they were still casting people for a Heroes versus Villains season, one of their villains, the reason he didn't win his... Or one of the reasons he didn't win his first season is because... He knew it would hurt Coach's feelings to vote him out, and but he Coach could... was on the villain tribe with him. I'm talking about when they were in Token Chains together. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, when when they were in Token Chains together, Tyson right. has, Tyson has the... talked about the fact that like he couldn't. He knew he needed to vote Coach out. He probably would have gone deeper in the game if he had, but he couldn't do it because he knew if he knew it would hurt Coach's feelings so much because Coach loved him so much, and so he couldn't vote Coach out. And then Tice, that person got cast as a villain. Like so, even back then, these were not yeah. some of the biggest villains. Were not actually villains. They just didn't like someone, or they lied a couple of times, or they so, were such a great character that people hated. Yeah, so even back then, they weren't most of the the best villains weren't actually villains. Yeah. They they were just a little more real. And so I, I think some of it is one Jeff's words got misreported. He didn't say we're not going to have villains anymore. What he said was we're not going to cast them to be villains. And because of that, I think in the modern game, some of what we've seen has been more compelling because Jesse was not cast as a villain. Watching him be villainous was compelling because Shan was not cast as a villain. Watching her tell everybody on her initial tribe that they were her number one and then vote every last one of them off was compelling Uh, because D was not cast as a villain. Watching her uh, backstab Austin the way she did was more compelling than if they had had her out there as a Black Widow. To me. That's just the way I look at it. I like it better when you have these people that are real and genuine and they have to make villainous decisions than having somebody out there who is a villain making villainous decisions. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I just, there, there are some manufactured villains that I truthfully loved and enjoyed and they made some of those seasons far more compelling i don't know that it would hurt to drop a singular like this we're we're casting this person because we feel like they could be a really good villain in there like was it sydney sydney felt like one of those that like they cast her because they thought she wanted she could be a villain 
like I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she they thought she'd be fine as just a regular character, but she felt very villainous. Not that she necessarily made the season that much better, but like I do think that when they've they've when they've added one of those, or I'd also be fine if they just threw a couple more like an extra genetic freak in there every now and again because like I don't know some of this like some of it is like Q being the only Q and Hunter kind of being the only two that seem remotely physical on this season has made it very like some of those tribes don't feel like they can win anything they ain't got nobody on their tribe well and 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 I watched and I sat down and looked at them when they were just judging them books by the cover when they're all standing on the mats to start the season, trying to figure out, you know, who's, who's going to, which tribe's going to struggle to win challenges. I, I don't feel like anybody has an advantage because they're all going to struggle. Yeah. That was, maybe that's what, yeah. You know? And so it's like, like I, maybe Q, cause he's, he was a D one football player could drag them to the end on a couple of things. But like, for the most part, I don't know. I think they're all going to struggle. Cause Jonathan's tribe, it wasn't just John. Now Jonathan was obviously the biggest freak of the bunch, but like, I looked at that tribe as a whole, and I went, "Holy smokes! Lindsay, they're just gonna." It was great. They're just gonna win everything. Um, and and I don't know. Um, but yeah, I I kind of like. I don't mind if the first episode, the first couple episodes, we're a little slow on like, you know, it, there's not really anybody villains. Everybody's nice. I don't mind that. Yeah, because. I like the payoff of seeing people that are nice having to do villainous things. That yeah. that is that makes for such great television. If D had been a villain from the beginning, watching her have to make that decision about Austin isn't interesting because we know what she's going to do. We know she's not going to tell him because she's a villain. Same thing with Jesse in season the couple seasons before that. I'm not, you know, I I'm not a. Uh, I don't if if he's been set up from the beginning as a Russell character, mm-hmm. well I know what he's gonna do to Cody. I don't have to have any drama. But there's drama in trying to figure out he's gonna have to cut Cody at some point. Is he gonna be willing to do it? Let's see. I, I want that's that's the that to me, that's why I like some of this new school stuff. That's more compelling to me than watching somebody like Russell do the same thing to everybody every week. Yeah, that's fair. I, I'm going to be optimistic that we're going to get a couple of those villains in this season, and then I'm wrong. That this is going to be like I'm worried it's going to be a relatively boring season. Oh, and, and and I have that same concern. Um, but even the opposite direction, like it's also interesting to like I still I I think way more than I should about what's the girl's name from China. Uh, from the China season, uh, the girl that finished second, Amanda. Amanda, I thought that was it, but for suddenly that didn't seem right. But like we see the reverse of Amanda, unable to be villainous in the end. She couldn't just cut Denise. She had to go to Denise and like accidentally be vi- be villainous because she had to, she felt like she had to say nice things to Denise, and in the end, that's what cost her. Like I, that's also interesting. Like, I think so much about, like, man, if Amanda could have just recognized, I just have to vote Denise out. That's the right move. I'm going to do it. She maybe wins a million dollars. But because she couldn't do it and she couldn't handle being that person, she couldn't handle 
voting somebody out that she said she wasn't going to vote out. She mentally could not handle wrap her mind around, around the fact that she had done that. And that's what cost her. That's part of what cost her the season. Whereas Todd had no qualms about it. I love that kind of thing. And that's a lot more compelling to me than seeing somebody who's, who's just a a villain on purpose. Um, Amanda's a better survivor player than Todd. Todd's just was, was more cutthroat. Right. Todd didn't mind doing Todd didn't mind the fact that he had voted people out and he, and he knew how to explain it. And Amanda didn't. So in that case, like, but I don't think when we started that season, that's actually a great season to talk about because when we started that season, I don't think anybody pegged Todd as a villain. Maybe not. Yeah. He was just more strategic than everybody else, but like he was a genuinely nice guy. He worked, he, he was able to work. Part of the reason he was able to get the end is because he was able to work with everybody. He could work with John Robert. He was one of the only people who could work with John Robert. He could work with Amanda. He could work with Courtney. He could work with James. He could work with a little bit of everybody. Um, it was just that at the end, he was willing to own the Toms when he made those villainous choices. And to me, that's way more compelling than watching uh, that other goober, Dave, from that season, just yell at everybody. I don't, yeah. don't want to see it. So yeah. I, don't, I don't mind the new school, but I get what you're saying in that it feels more it feels like better television out the gate when you have some of those volatile characters. Right. Like Emily last season is a perfect example. Yes. Yeah. And see, I loved Emily because we got the, the opposite version of what you're talking about with the line. Right. We got such a, and maybe that's what I'm comparing it to is we started out like a house on fire last season. It was interesting from the get go and it never let up. Um, but maybe that's because I thought that was one of the best new school seasons. But I think some of that has to do too with to circle it all back, to tie it all, put all put a bow on it. It has to do with Jelinski dominating this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and not for good reason. Nobody had to be villainous. He was just being dumb. And we had this like through thread of the whole episode of if he just keeps doing that he's got to go and then he just kept doing that so he's got to go um and and it there was not a lot of intrigue there they tried to give us some but the problem is the only other name that anybody brought up was somebody that i don't think if you're a fan you don't feel good about the possibility of just going home simply because like she's having a hard time you know like right especially for me, you know, you and I both, we, we deal with some ADHD issues and like, I know what that feels like. I know what that feels like of like, I mean, I just put it down right here. Where is it? I know I had it. Where is it? Like, I know what that feels like. And I know that she's not doing it on purpose. And I know that she, you know, that this, how frustrated she probably is. And, um, because she's not getting enough sleep. Um, she just can't focus on the question. I I know what that feels like, and it didn't feel good for her to be the only other option. Right. Um, and, and so I think that had a lot to do with it. That really the only to, to not make it just obvious, they had to put the spotlight on somebody that you, that nobody really. If we're being honest, I don't know that there was a single fan who's not related to David Jelinski that would have wanted to see Jess go home instead of Jelinski. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I had my moment where I was kind of hoping that would happen, but that was only because he's on my team. Um, 
<laughs> it was that was the only reason. Like there was, yeah. like, I have no other good reasons. Right. If you're just watching it as a fan, like it, it did, it never felt good to have Jess drawing attention because she's having a hard time when Jelinski's making bad choice after bad choice after bad choice. That never, and because of that, I, I think I, I'm hopeful that the second episode, when things are a little bit more, there's a little bit more spice to it. There's there's some decisions to make. Um, maybe another tribe goes to tribal. Um, I, I, I think I think it'll pick up a little bit. I think so. But anyway, um, I look forward to watching another episode with you. Um, hopefully, yeah. hopefully somebody on my team will start to look like they could maybe win this thing, and uh, we'll we'll get back at it next week. Absolutely, uh, always good talking Survivor with you. Have a good one.